I'm here at uh, NetApp Insight in Berlin and I've been very fortunate to uh, grab some time with Sheila Fitzpatrick. Hi Sheila, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the uh, very big job that you do at NetApp? Sure, I'm happy to. I'm actually NetApp's Worldwide Data Governance and Privacy Council and Chief Privacy Officer and I'm responsible for ensuring that we comply with the data privacy and sovereignty laws in every country in which we operate or in which we have customers or employees. So it's quite a large role. And part of that role is not only the legal consent process, the registrations with the data protection authorities, but I also now get the pleasure of going out and speaking to our customers and partners all over the world to help them comply with data privacy laws and model our program that is a model of excellence. It's a certainly a big role and it's um, it's a question that we get asked an awful lot. You know, lots of our customers, lots of the people I talk to are very, very interested in their data privacy, their data security. And, and, and controls of their data. So is there a difference for you between what is data security and what is data privacy? There are, yes, there absolutely is. That happens to be one of my hot buttons. When I hear companies say, we have world-class security, therefore we have privacy, it really makes me cringe. Privacy is all about the data. It's the full life cycle of the data. It's what you're collecting about an individual, what you're doing with that data, how you're using it, who's processing it, who has access to it, and more importantly, whether or not the individual has given you consent to have their data. So if you think about the analogy of a wheel, it's the full life cycle of that data. Security is one component of, of privacy, a very important component, but it's the infrastructure and the fortress that protects that data from unauthorized access and use. So it is the firewalls and the encryption. But if you only look at the security, you are in, in essence, encrypting and building firewalls around data you were never allowed to collect to begin with because you didn't do your data privacy due diligence. The idea around uh, data privacy, it, I mean, is it just a technology solution or is there a lot more to, uh, to, to data privacy? It's a lot more than just a technology solution. It is actually, it's, it's a legal requirement. So data privacy laws were put into place to actually protect the, not, not un, only unauthorized access and use of data, but to actually make companies and individuals think about why do you really need that data? What's the purpose for collecting that data? How transparent have you been with the individual about what you're doing with your data and why you need it? So privacy laws really look at the, I absolutely have to have this data in order to manage the relationship I have with you, versus it would, nice, it would be nice to have this data because I can use it for a million different purposes. So under the law, when you collect personal data, you have to be extremely transparent and very clear and explicit about what you are going to do with that data. And you can't start taking liberties with that data. If you say you're only gonna use that data to basically set up medical benefits or to set up your employment relationship and get your, you know, your badging process, the onboarding process in place, that doesn't mean you can then turn around and share that data with a third party to do unsolicited marketing or to send employees information about social programs that they have no interest in. It, the laws really define and limit what you can do with that data and, and even the collection of it. And then the security component comes in after you've dealt with the data privacy legal. So privacy is not technology, the security is the technology. Yeah, and I think that's a really important differentiation. I, I, you know, I think often we might sit down with people who think, I've got a great security solution, so therefore my data is private. So one of the um, so one of the things that I think gets thrown at, at people like ourselves who maybe work in the data industry and work in the data security industry is, 
is data security and data privacy really the big threat that we think it is? Now, is a is a real ramifications for this kind of stuff? Is it is it a, a real problem, or is it something that people in this industry may be making up? No, it's definitely a real problem. People have been dressing security for years. I mean, no matter what companies do, whenever they collect data or they implement new technology, they always look at the security aspect because you don't want unauthorized access to the data you contain, whether it's personal data, whether it's your confidential restricted data, the crown jewels of the company, whether it's just confidential data that you don't want exposed externally or even internally. When you talk about the privacy component, there are huge ramifications of not taking data privacy seriously. I mean, if you think about the new general data protection regulation that goes into effect in Europe in 2018, is a massive overhaul of data privacy laws, and there are serious sanctions for violation. And the violations can be 20 million euro, can be 4% of your annual global revenue. There can be criminal civil convictions for not complying with the laws. And the data protection authorities around the world, not just in Europe, are starting to absolutely enforce these laws and hold companies accountable when they collect and use personal data. It's one of the hot topics. So, uh, yeah, I work for a UK-based company, and uh, most of my customers are UK-based. Although a number of them have got, uh, you know, offices and, and data storage around the globe. But if we live in the UK, obviously, you know, the, the EU referendum results may have an impact on that. But what's your view of of how uh, the EU, uh, Britain leaving the EU? How, what's your view on how we might be affected by GDPR and, and the impact on us? Well, Brexit certainly is going to have an impact on, uh, from a privacy perspective. Most companies are just looking at the financial aspects or the employment aspects of can you employ UK citizens in the EU and, and vice versa. But from a privacy perspective, it's really going to come down to if you hold data of an EU citizen in the UK, it's really unknown right now whether or not you are going to be able to continue to do that without really addressing the privacy issues. Because within the EU, there's two layers of law. There's the EU directive that's going to be replaced by GDPR, and then there's national laws. The UK has the least restrictive data privacy laws compared to the other EU member states. So what's happening is a lot of companies, if they want to keep their data centers in the UK, are going to have to look at what their privacy framework is. Is it the UK Data Protection Act? Is it uh, the EU Data Protection Directive? Is it uh, Privacy Shield, which is the agreement with the U.S.? And if it if it's some of the the if it is Privacy Shield, if it is the UK Data Protection Act, the companies are going to have to do a lot more. They're going to have to comply with the laws in the countries where the people hold their citizenship and where that data is coming from. So if you want to keep your data center in the U.K., you're going to have to comply with GDPR. You're going to have to comply with the German Data Protection Act. You're going to have to comply with the French Data Protection Act. So it's going. To, it's not a matter of just saying, well, we're, we're compliant with the EU law, because that's not restrictive enough to be able to keep, keep that data in the UK. Now, some companies are thinking about moving their data center. They really, there's no decisions that have really been made right now, but companies are really starting to look at it. That kind of leads to a hot topic of organizations. You have lots of organizations looking at the cloud as a, as a data repository. What are some things that maybe we should be thinking about before we maybe take that leap? What are some of the concerns we should have? Are there, are there things that we should think about before we, we pop data into the cloud? Yeah, cloud, I mean, cloud is obviously the direction of the future. It's where everyone's going, and cloud absolutely has its benefits. But being a privacy attorney, one of the things that I look at is when, you know, when companies make the decision to move to a cloud, they can't make it based on just scalability and flexibility and cost. They really have to step back, and before they make that, that decision on a solution, 
they need to look at the data. What data do they have? What personal data do they do they collect, access, um, store, host? And then they need to look at the jurisdiction. So what laws apply to that data? And then, they, and then they need to ask the right questions. So they need to ask their cloud provider, how do you comply with data privacy laws? Not, do you comply with data privacy laws? They need to clearly identify the roles of the customer, the cloud uh, provider, the third parties that support the cloud environment. Who's the data controller? Who's the data processor? In some cases, the customer normally is the data controller. The customer makes the decision what they're going to put into the cloud. They define what, what the cloud provider can and cannot do with that data, where that data can be located, and obviously because of the virtual nature of the cloud, the data could really be anywhere. But the issue becomes the cloud provider is the data processor, and therefore there's obligations on both sides. The data controller has obligations and the data processor has obligations. And there has to be a very tight agreement from a data privacy perspective in place to identify liability and accountability on both sides. But if the cloud provider then uses third parties to provide services on their behalf, your cloud provider in effect becomes a data controller and their third party becomes a data processor, but you as the customer, if you haven't negotiated these terms and haven't asked the questions about the domino effect, you could be held solely liable for any privacy violations by either your provider or their third party providers. So it's a very complex issue. It's not to say you can't move to the cloud, it's absolutely the direction of the future, but you have to decide what makes the most sense based on what type of data you're talking about. So I literally could talk to you for hours about this topic. It's a huge topic, you've got a huge passion for it, clearly. If people want to find out more about maybe some of the work that you've done or some good places to find information, maybe to start their own kind of data privacy strategies, where's a good place to look? Is it places people can maybe follow you online or? Absolutely, uh, I, you're right, I am passionate about this and I am happy to talk to anyone that you know, wants to know anything about any law in 100 countries and how to build a program. They can follow me online, I'm on LinkedIn. I also um, have a Twitter account, um, which they can follow me um, at uh, Sheila Fitzpee. Uh, they can also contact me through NetApp. Uh, that's not a problem at all. Sheila, that's fantastic. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you very busy while you're here at Insight. So uh, great to talk to you. Look forward to speaking to you again sometime soon. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Tech String Interviews. And Sheila shared some fantastic information there on data privacy. If you enjoyed the podcast, then please subscribe. You can find us on iTunes or on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. And for previous episodes, you can find them on techstringy.com in the Tech Stringy interview section. Next week, I'm joined by Joshua Lowe, who talks to me about the incredible software developer's career he's starting to build at just the age of 12. You won't want to miss it, so I hope you can join us. Until then, thanks for listening.